You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Anthony Katzman, and this is our weekly look at the Chicago White Sox. I am joined by the fabulous Scott Merkin. And, Merck, we're going to talk about what everybody in the baseball world is talking about, and that's Chris Sale's uh, blow-up over the weekend over the throwback jerseys. And you actually had a chance to sit down with Chris Sale, uh, exclusive interview there. And uh, before I get to you, Merck, we're going to listen to Mr. Sale. Here's what he had to say. They're, they were uncomfortable, and they're just unorthodox. You know, I didn't, I didn't want to go out there and not be at the top of my game in every aspect that that I need to be in. Not only that, but I didn't want anything to like alter my mechanics. You know, like, I didn't want something getting in the way, or you know, if, if I have a shirt that comes out to here and I break my hands and it gets stuck like this, it's just there's a lot of different things that went into it. Them looking bad had absolutely zero to do with it. Absolutely nothing. And when I saw that there was something in the way of that 100% winning mentality, I had an issue with it. And I tried to bring it up and say, hey, listen, these are my these are my thoughts, these are my concerns. And they got pushed away because of the business deal that was set in place. And I saw that, like I said before, business came before winning. I, I didn't like that. I didn't like it. And I don't think I ever will. I will never understand why we need to do something on the business side, on the field, that might impede us winning a game. I don't think I would be traded. I don't know for sure. I don't know what they're thinking now or what you know what's going on. I don't think it would happen. But no, never one time did it come out of my mouth, I want to be traded or I need to get out of here, this, that, or the other, to any of the baseball officials. It's never changed. And I only get more passionate about it because I know that it's not easy. It's not easy winning a championship. There's a lot that goes into it, a lot. I wanted everything to be focused on winning. And that's all I've ever wanted. The main goal should always be winning. Nothing else matters, really. I mean... People don't talk about the guys that get you know paid the most. They talk about the guys with the rings right. and the, you know and, and the teams that won. The rings. Is a great example. Exactly. Yeah. I think that the guys in this clubhouse deserve in every single game the best opportunity to win, to go achieve that goal of winning a championship. That's why we're all here. Nothing, like I said, nothing. Nothing else matters. All right. So there you have it, Mr. Merck. Uh, a good get there. Although I do wish we could have heard the part of the interview where you guys both order your lunch, but that, uh, <laughs> that hit the cutting room floor. Uh, for this particular podcast, that's okay. But uh, what was your takeaway uh, from your conversation, Sam? Later in the interview, we actually stopped the interview so Chris could eat too, because you know it was easy for me to ask the question and then continue eating while he answered. So we had to, we had to break for that too. <laughs> um, I think it's it's you know I'll go up front and say I said this in numerous interviews since the incident happened Saturday that Chris Sale's a, a great kid overall he's one of the you know if I had an all coverage team which I'm sure you could think back of the years you did the beat Anthony and pick guys you're like oh these are the best guys to cover out of the group and he would be right at the top of that I think he has a passion for winning he has kind of a passion for life overall and I think sometimes the message is right but the method may be wrong and I think you know. No matter how many times he did say that he didn't want to wear these jerseys, and if you know you go through the story, he talked to them in spring training. He mentioned again on Friday he talked to Coop 
Don Cooper, the ex pitching coach, Friday night when he called him about it and said he didn't want to wear them. You know, I think at some point it's it's kind of like you know you know you, you're you have people to answer to. You're you're not running the team, so maybe you had to do it and and go through it. You know, and, and I and I get it. I get it. I get the point where he said he was worried about mechanics, and that's probably the most salient point of the whole thing. He, he did make it clear that it had nothing to do with style or look. He said he'll wear any. You know, he was all for wearing the '83 throwbacks. The 76 throwbacks don't seem to be extremely popular among the players, although they were retailored this year to make them a more comfortable fit. They were kind of bulky and baggy last year, from what I was told. So I get his desire to win. I get his desire to give the best effort on the field. But in the process of arguing that, he kind of made it tougher for his team to give the best effort on the field. You know what I'm saying now? You know, the bullpen goes that whole day after Jacob Turner had a short start the day before that. So now the bullpen is taxed, which led to the Monday night game where guys like Matt Albers and Dan Jennings, who are used, you know, effectively usually in middle relief, now are pitching the ninth inning because neither David Robertson nor Nate Jones were available. And Matt Albers started Saturday, so it's not like he's had, you know, a week off and took them out. And, and Chris, to his credit, apologized to the fans when he talked to me for, you know, who came to see him and apologized to the bullpen. He said he really owes the bullpen for picking up the slack because he's a guy who always says, he hates to let someone else finish a job he started, you know, meaning he wants to go as far as he can. And now not only did they finish the job, they started the job he was supposed to start. So it's, you know, it's a, it's a tough situation. In a couple of instances over the years where Chris has had, I don't know, kind of, I don't want to say outbursts but, and or meltdowns, but just disagree, strong, strenuous disagreements. He said he wishes they hadn't got to that point, but he's not going to apologize for being passionate. So people can view, people can look at what he said to me his comments and view them and judge them for what they are. But remember, don't forget that this is a kid who's a very solid leader in that clubhouse overall, a kid who took Carson Palmer, you know, their, one of their top pitching prospects, under his wing during the offseason, kind of made him feel at home even before he had a, you know, a first appearance in spring training. The comments he made in San Diego, which I think influenced a lot of people about giving up you know, chewing tobacco when he heard what happened to Tony Gwynn, the impact Tony Gwynn had on his life, Tony Moon's passing, and Tony Gwynn just as a person. So... This is not a problem, kid. This is a kid who is passionate, and like I said, good message. Sometimes the methods need to be a little more finely tuned, I think. Well, yeah, and the point about the mechanics is a salient one, no doubt about it. Um, I, I, I totally get that. And so my takeaway, beyond the, the fun jokes we had with all this about Sale being a cut-up or a cut above the rest or anything like and, that. And he said, I should add, he said he's seen quite a few of the memes and the pictures and everything else. A lot has been... So he's aware. He, he's not a social media guy at all, but he's yeah. aware of the of the the play on words and the pictures, the Chris scissor hands that have been going around since. <laughs> well, there's some good stuff out there, but you know, to me, Mark, the the biggest takeaway might be where's Robin Ventura in all this? And I think Sale even kind of mentioned that in, in the interview. Um, you, you know, it, it seems like this was a moment where the manager has to you know, take the brunt, uh, take the heat for his players and, and go to management or whoever and say, look, we're not wearing these things. Let's change to the other ones. And it seems like, uh, you know, on this, in this particular instance, he did not have his starting pitchers back, his ace starting pitchers back. What do you think well, about I guess that? It, I guess it would be an interesting survey of fans where if you went out there, because, you know, fans do like these throwback days. There's no question that, you know, they, they like memories back of the old teams and what they looked like back then and that kind of thing. And it'd be interesting to, if if you went to a fan and say, okay, tonight you get it because they were getting their giveaway jersey that night. Either way, Chris Sale yeah. could have worn, you know, uh, shorts and a, a you know, Buzz McKenzie tank top. Boy, I really went back for that reference. 
Um, oh my goodness! And and the Sox are the Sox fans are still getting their giveaways. So would they have rather seen, you know, Matt Albert starting in Chris's place wearing? Well, they didn't end up not having either one. Would they rather end up seeing the throwback jerseys or Chris Sale pitch? And I I think most would side on the Chris Sale side, but it is a good point, and I I think it's. The one thing you can say on this is it's sad that it got to this level on both sides. You know, I think if Chris had made it clear in spring training he didn't want to wear these, which, again, is, you know, whatever. You take it for what it's worth. Coming out of the break, they had him start Monday and Quintana start Tuesday, and they could have easily flip-flopped them. The only thing that would have mattered is Chris would have faced the Cubs and Jose Quintana would have. That, that would be the only difference in alignment. And then Chris would have started Sunday and not pitched in that game on Saturday. Now, I think on the flip side, I'm guessing that never crossed the White Sox mind that, oh, yeah, Chris said he didn't want to use these, so we got to switch them. I don't think, you know, promotional schedule is what you base rotations on. So, you know, there's just so many different questions to be asked. And I will tell you that, you know, there's a ton. Of, I sat with Chris, and, you know, just the interview part of our conversation was like about 33 minutes. So there was a lot of stuff that he said that didn't even get in that story because, you know, you can't write 10,000 words on you know, what he said. But, you know, it, it, it's just it's, it shouldn't have gotten to this point. And, and I think Robin did check from what I talked to Robin, you know, one-on-one after his media session yesterday, and he did check, and basically they had to wear those jerseys that night. That had to be the situation. So, you know, it's, it's, it's unfortunate because I think Chris, you know, I, Chris wants to stay with the team. He wants to win with the team. So I think that speaks to the fact that he wants, that he, and he, that he'll, you know, he wants to play for Robin Ventura because Robin is the manager and, Granted, this is the last year of his contract, so we don't know if he'll be the manager in 2017. But, you know, I think if he wanted no part of the situation, he would say, trade me. You know, I think you can do that when you're, uh, you know, the ace of the staff and if you're not happy with the situation, it's going. But, I, I yeah, I think there was some some bad vibes sent there that maybe could have been avoided, and it's just it's just kind of a weird situation overall the way it manifests. I, I, I understand the core of the issue is kind of the ancillary stuff around it that ends up getting most of the attention. That's kind of bizarre. Are we still of the opinion that at uh, 4:01 p.m. Eastern Time on August 1st, Chris Sale is still with the White Sox? Because obviously, <laughs> I, you know, as, as I, much as I think as much as got a lot of attention, it doesn't it doesn't impact his trade value one bit. No, no, no. I mean, you can't you can't let it impact the trade value. I mean, okay, he if you want to say if you want to take the side against Chris and say cutting up jerseys is just kind of ridiculous you know where the jerseys pitch now granted everyone could be saying something different if chris does go out there and even in his mind even in his mind and even if the jerseys fit perfectly but in his mind he just he doesn't he didn't want to wear the he's never thrown an untucked jersey he didn't want to wear the untucked jersey so even in his mind if it's if it messes with him and, he, and it screws up his mechanics and he's out well Sox fans aren't gonna be real happy then but you know if you take the side that you're that you think he should have done what he did and there's people who have plenty of people who have done that he still didn't, you know, commit highway robbery for God's sake. So he's one of the best pitchers in the game. You know, he may be the best left-hander in the game. I know Madison Bumgarner's right there too, not named Clayton Kershaw. And you can't allow yourself to just go out and you know trade the guy because he spoke up and you know maybe got, you know was a little pointed in some of his comments toward the manager and everything else because he's that valuable. Now, if you if you are going in that direction where you feel like this is going to be a rebuild. It's not working. The kind of revamp while contending things. So we got to make some moves. Well, then you you have then then you have to really look, but you still have to get what you want for him. You can't you can't shortchange it. You have to get what you, you have to get the exact or as close to the exact talent package you request for him in return. 
Mark, I think ultimately, I don't know if anyone is going to be able to match that talent request at this time of year. You know, maybe in the offseason. But, I mean, if you're the Sox and you're talking to Boston and one of your requests and part of the deal is Mookie Betts, well, I highly doubt Boston's going to trade an MVP candidate in the middle of a push to the postseason, right? Maybe in the offseason, it's a different story. But I don't see that happening in, you know, uh, the end of July when you're fighting with Toronto and Baltimore for playoff spots. Precisely. Yeah, I think with, with Sale and Quintana and, and even other guys, David Robertson, Todd Frazier, these are guys the, the White Sox have multiple years of control over, and I think that uh, by and large, and, and maybe we'll be proven wrong in the next week, but I think by and large there there is more to be said for, for holding these guys through the season and seeing what the offseason brings and what direction they want to go versus doing something on the fly where you have a limited pool of teams involved. And, you know, how many teams can make a trade for Chris Sale right now? It's a, it's a very small small pool so we'll see what happens uh trade deadline fast approaching chris sales uh suspension will end soon and uh merc was all over it for mlb.com be sure to check out that interview with chris sale i want to thank merc for joining us and thank you all for tuning in this has been mlb.com extra chicago white Sox edition MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.